0: Hello, I'm Pete Strauss and welcome to the grand return of the Mediaverse. Every week, or rather every six months or so, we try and sometimes succeed to answer the biggest questions facing the media industry today. But of course, I couldn't do this alone. I'm joined by the single most handsome man in media, a tidal wave of charisma, a hurricane of skill, a tsunami of talent, is our senior producer Tom Payne. Thanks Pete, that's
3: good return, I like
0: it. <laughs> We're also joined by the oracle of all things media, a titan of industry, the most influential man to ever step foot on planet Earth is our fearsome overlord Peter Cowley.
1: Thank you. <laughs> oh, fearsome I, overlord. I, I quite like to be called handsome as well, but I, I take it. handsome, fearsome overlord, <laughs> Peter Cowley.
0: Um, we're back, guys. We are. We like a b- bit of a break. It's been a huge break. Yeah. It's like when Take That return. <laughs> we're bigger. We're better. <laughs> we're older. We've got Peter Cowley now. Yeah, I'm
1: new to the band. You You're know, new yeah. to the band. See if I can sing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so. We're going to do a kind of like overview of important media stories over the past year. Yeah. Starting off with BBC Three moved online this year. I did. How do we think it's gone? I
3: don't know. I think it's gone not particularly well, from what
1: I can tell. I'm really disappointed. How so? Well, I go onto iPlayer and I have a look for BBC Three type content, and it's really difficult to find. Really, what is BBC Three and what's not? There's a home page that you can hunt down on the BBC and it looks a bit of a mess, really. It's a bit
3: like a Tumblr blog, basically.
1: Yeah. It's trying to be like a Tumblr blog, maybe, a timeline, um, but I can't navigate to anything. I have no sense of where to go. It's, yeah. It just seems a bit chaotic.
0: It'll just have like, it'll have like an article that they've written and then like a 30 minute, like 30 second video they've made in-house and then it'll be like, an episode of like an hour-long documentary yes, they've made. Yes, all mixed up. Yeah, yes. so, it's like, so you don't know what you're clicking on, so you're like, well, I don't have an hour. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I had high hopes for BBC Three. I think strategically, it all makes perfect sense. So yeah. you move from television to digital, and digital's not just about long-form video. It's about long-form, mid-form, short-form. It's about images, it's about yeah. social content. And the whole gamut and ecosystem of content that engages with people. So strategically, I was quite excited about what was coming. And I still think they can make that work. Absolutely. Rather than just be a video hub, which what they could easily have done, and other people like all four are, are they're a video hub. BBC3 were trying to be a bit different with the Daily Drop and stuff like that. But it's chaotic. I can't really see a theme in there. Do
3: you think they're hamstrung by the name slightly? Do you think because you know Channel Four launched All Four that was their new thing? It was something new, whereas people have taken an existing name that no one really engaged with and tried to create something new with it. And they haven't got an identity, and it's just lacking something. Maybe, but
1: I think they could have executed on it a bit better. Yeah, yeah there's good content on there if you yeah. find it. You know, obviously Fleabag was the big hit of this year. That's BBC Three, I believe. And, but it's next to some quite bizarre other content, which doesn't seem to fit with the same. They are making
0: some really good programs, Mm. but it gets lost. Although you don't know if they release a program, if they're going to put it on YouTube, Mm. if it goes on iPlayer, if it goes on their website, because they're just trying to, they're trying things out. So it's a bit of a scattergun approach to things. I
1: think that's a good summary. They're trying stuff out. Mm. If you're going to put stuff on YouTube as well, be YouTube-like rather than a repository of content. Yeah and it feels like a repository of content. BBC Three sort of homepage, as we said, Tumblr, yeah. without being as good nearly yeah. as Tumblr, um, not programming it like you might get on traditional iPlayer or all four type content. So maybe yeah. trying too hard at this stage, maybe?
0: Perhaps. I think they're still new to it, aren't they? So yeah, mm. they're just- We they're, want to
1: give them the chance. It's great for the industry.
0: Absolutely. Because I remember when they first announced this and everyone was like, Oh, these new talent, they got a chance at BBC Three and it's like, if anything, this opens it up to smaller companies, some, they don't have to invest huge amounts of money to make a TV series of an unknown talent now, they can give you five grand and you make five one minute episodes or something and yeah. it might land and yeah.
3: But should they be taking like a Buzzfeed Vox type model and actually stop worrying about a dot com and actually worry about creating brands elsewhere and actually building audience on YouTube, on Facebook, and not trying to drive people back to iPlayer or .com to watch stuff, and actually build those audiences elsewhere where the, where the audience actually watch stuff. That makes more sense,
1: I think. It does make sense, or even just be more consistent. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, yeah. As in, you know, allow navig- allow us to navigate to the content in a consistent way that makes sense. But I agree, you know, if you they're trying to be partly a vice or a boss feed, you know, they're a sort of uh, you see all over the BBC website content sort of list-type, yeah. uh, listicle-type articles and borrowed, obviously, from BuzzFeed, and the newsy-type stuff seems to be moving more to a vice-type thing. But the content can be really good, we know that. Yeah. So we're really pleased with some of the content is the experience, isn't yeah. it? I think. I think is lacking, yeah.
0: And with Netflix, you always know something's going to come out on a Friday. With BBC Free, they just seem to release stuff and don't really publicise stuff. Mm -hmm. So like a series just comes and goes and you're like, oh, was that on? Yeah, (laughs) it just... And it's only when you're going through iPlayer like a month later, you're like, oh, all of that's come out already. (laughs)
1: Agreed. Well, let's hope in 2017 they sort all of those things out and we can enjoy and the great content why we'll we're meant
0: to. In a year's time, i are going to be like BBC Three. A glowing it's review like, of BBC it's Three. It's the most incredible thing to ever happen to I I love, I love it, that was true, i love it to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I'm rooting for them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me yeah too. I'm too. rooting
1: for them. And I'm pleased they're trying to be more than a video hub. Yeah. Uh, let's make that, you know, the execution of that work. That'd be great.
0: One success story in BBC Three was the drama 13, which got three million requests on iPlayer. But the most requested thing on iPlayer, and I've been looking forward to gushing about this, is Planet Earth 2. It's the most requested thing on iPlayer in 2016. uh, It was extraordinary, wasn't it? It's just incredible. It got, um, I think it came, there was a top 10 of TV shows this year, and I think nine of them were Bake Off. And the only one the only one to puncture it was uh, the mountains episode of Planet Earth 2. And it got 3.83 million requests on iPlayer. It outrated uh, X Factor. Wow. It did incredibly well, and it did really well on that 16 to 34-year-olds. They were getting more 16 to 34-year-olds than X Factor was getting. That's amazing. Which is really
3: heartening. Doesn't that show <laughs> that good content wins out eventually,
0: I 13.14 million viewers watched Planet Earth 2, or the Mountain's episode of it, anyway. That's incredible. And for me, that's what I pay my TV licence for, is that yeah. stuff
3: of the BBC you can make that no one else...
0: Like, no one else could have made Planet Earth, I don't think. No, BBC. it took years. It was the most expensive documentary series ever. It's incredible.
1: Wow. and I mean, Presumably it's a co though, not just BBC, I would I imagine. think there was
0: an American yeah. company renting on it
1: put, as well. Put some pounds in the pocket.
0: It's just like... If, so basically got all the most talented people out there their professions.
1: But why do we think it worked well on iPlayer in particular, because you go natural history type stuff, probably older audience, uh, big on BBC, on yeah. linear BBC, why do we think it's done well on iPlayer? Because that's the stat you gave us. I think it did well yeah. because
3: it kept appearing on my Facebook timeline, BuzzFeed were creating articles about it. Yeah. yeah. it was it, it kind of broke through the normal media landscape into, if you know, BuzzFeed are creating you know, the best moments of planet Earth, yep. that's what's going to drive people to go and watch an iPlayer, I
1: think. and, and uh, do You implied in your statistic that younger people were uh, watching yeah. it in their n- big numbers as well. Which also implies why it's worked well on iPlayer.
0: I think as well it had that, there's that clip of the uh, was it the lizard getting chased by the snakes across the beach, which yeah. like an incredible moment. And because it had moments like that, I think a lot of people are seeking it out to watch those moments again. Moving on, Bake Off went to Channel 4. I mentioned Bake Off earlier. How do we feel about that? Expensive tent on them. Because <laughs> <laughs> they lost all the talent yeah, they lost them, everyone. So they bought a tent. Yeah.
1: I have a feeling it's not going to come back and do nearly so well.
0: Well, apparently it's looking unlikely that will be a, like it won't be on Channel Four next year because there's a lot of legal wrangling and the BBC are making it very difficult for Channel Four. And because apparently the BBC
3: have come up with another baking-based program. Yeah, we're going f- to replace it with Mel and Sue.
1: Oh, really? With yeah. Mel and Sue? That's fantastic. Yeah. It's just Paul Hollywood we won't see on the BBC, yeah. but I see he's Channel Four put out tender for some Paul Hollywood-fronted shows. Maybe yeah. that fills the gap in 2017 without Bake Off.
0: Yeah, maybe. I
1: can't
3: remember
0: if that show's defined. BBC's like a nice home for it, because it's quite like homely and twee. It's and very nice. BBC too, It's it? nice, and you're just like, this is a nice programme, whereas Channel Four is going to be a bit subversive. So I can't, it, it doesn't sit easily on there.
1: It's a very social show, social yeah. media show. Uh, so you sort of go, there are elements of it that you can see translating. But it probably does need um, a proper makeover to be yeah. a channel Four program, just as when Big Brother moved from channel Four to Channel 5, it was the same principles, but they made it more channel 5esque. Yeah and started to perform quite well, actually afterwards. I wonder what they need to do to bake off to make it channel Four.
3: Yeah and If nine of the top 10 iPlayer shows were bake off, then that's why Channel Four bought it, isn't it? because yes. yeah.
1: Yep.
0: People that watch online content watch Bake Off. So, the it's final kind of a got 15.9 million people watch the final Bake Off. Wow. It's the most watched programme of the year.
1: Unbelievable. That's huge. In this day and age. I know.
0: And it's such a simple format. Yeah. It's people baking until someone wins. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice. Yeah, like, it's so nice. Sometimes should, you've just got to strip it all back because there's like a kind of tendency to be like, we want hybrid shows, we want to reinvent the wheel, and then sometimes just bringing it back to. The most really basic, simple format yeah that people can just immediately get into so you don't have to watch every episode before to understand the formula like oh they're making cakes best cake wins yeah it's nice Yeah, simple simple um top gear top gear came and went Chris Evans came and went <laughs> yeah how do you feel about top gear
1: top gear has been superseded in my mind by the grand tour the grand tour i mean what is it They love Jeremy Clarkson and the audience at the end of the day, don't they? Yeah. And however much Joey or Chris Evans uh, (laughs) are good, they're not a Jeremy Clarkson. It's an entertainment show. Yeah. You know, At the end of the day, the car's bits were great, actually, on Top Gear, I thought. But I didn't like the presenters so much. Not that I particularly like Jeremy Clarkson as a person, but as an entertainer, he's amazing. That's the thing, Jeremy
0: Clarkson's essentially not the loveliest man in the world but he is incredibly good at what he does he's so entertaining if
1: you took him out the grand tour grand tour would be rubbish
0: yeah I've not actually watched the grand tour is it good
1: it's really good the the big talking point is the first 10 minutes of the first episode and how much money they spent on it it's like Mad Max it's in the (laughs) desert and it's incredible and you go, it is that impact that they obviously needed to bring back a new show, and they yeah. do it in absolute spades. And they make some good jokes about what they can't do from, because of the BBC format, and Yeah, they make jokes of it. So I think the first episode, the first 10 minutes are absolutely amazing. The first episode is that classic first episode where they're trying a bit too hard. Yeah, It settles yeah, down, down in the second and third episodes. But what's interesting, my young son, who's absolute classic Top Gear fan, yes, yeah. they always used to say it's about nine-year-old boys. He's now 12. But he was brought up on Top Gear. He loves uh, the Grand Tour, but he's now gone back and watched old episodes of Top Gear really? Really? on Player and everything. So he's it's, oh. it's it's reinvented or re- rekindled his interest in car shows because okay. he didn't watch the Top Gear. Showing yeah, like Chris Evans, but he goes back and watches the old Jeremy Clarkson one now. So uh, you go, it's Jeremy Clarkson show, isn't it? At the end of the day. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean he reinvented it, didn't he? Because yeah, Top Gear was just a show about cars. I
1: mean. Top Gear was their
0: dynamic. It was the three of them.
1: That was yeah.
3: That was the show. it liked. was the magic, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't. I don't like the Grand Tour. I watched the first three episodes. And I think they've been given too much money, <laughs> and they've just. There's no I don't think there's any editorial
0: control it's just the three of them gone what is the most expensive stuff we can think of to do I mean the last time someone tried to exercise editorial control and Jamie Clarkson he punched him in the face yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it needs I feel it needs a bit of it I think they've gone too far
3: like the, the bit when they were um, in the SAS training mm-hmm. I was like this is isn't, isn't even funny it was just a bit it's it, was expensive like, it was like my dad trying to do a funny gag on telly it was a bit
1: well, Blime. the good bits of the Grand Tour are the carpets, Yeah. they? Yeah. They're not the funny editorial bits, other than, spoiler alert, the celebrity dying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's <was> quite funny. The <laughs> celebrity dying.
3: Yeah, you need to watch it. Blimey. <laughs>
0: sounds morbid. Yeah. Should, like, as a little, should BBC, where they write to let Jeremy Clarkson go? Should they it? had to, didn't they? I
1: think they had to. I think yeah. they'd given him warnings and, you, like any employer, yeah. Whether you're in entertainment or you're in accounting, once you've given that warning, you're you've got to carry it through. Otherwise, it just shows that anyone can take them to pieces. Yeah. The BBC's bigger than Top Gear. I know oh, it's yeah, a big absolutely. commercial show for them through BBC worldwide, but they don't. You know, they can reinvent something else. I'm sure they can. And yeah. I just don't think Top Gear, in its new guise, will ever be as successful as a uh, Jeremy Clark's fronted.
0: Do you think it will come back? Fug, yeah. It is coming back.
3: So
1: is but I don't
0: think Chris Evans is. So I think no. Joey's just going to present it like. I'll right. <laughs> yeah, call him. You could get, get one. the
1: cast of uh, Friends back, and they. Could <laughs> <all do laughs> <movies>. I'd watch <laughs> TV, yeah, that. Yeah, I'd watch that. That, I definitely <laughs> watch that, that. would
0: rape through the roof if you got the cast <laughs> yeah. of Friends yeah, back. Or even a
1: few of them. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston and. They,
0: they uh, did it, um, They did a little call thing. Jimmy Jimmy Fallon the other day, where they got like four of them to be in, like do a little scene from Friends, and it got. 500 uh, million Yeah, TV. I'm sure that it would. Ridiculously well. Um, that is the end of our TV section, unless either of you have anything to add, we can move swiftly on to the digital section. We're going to talk- <laughs> Whee! um In 2016, Instagram essentially became Snapchat, and it was incredibly successful. So successful that in the past six months, they have added 100 million users, and they are now at 600 million active users. I think it was a genius decision by Facebook and Instagram to do that. I think, yeah, there was,
3: there, I mean, there was a bit of a backlash to begin with, but Mark Zuckerberg basically couldn't buy Snapchat, they wouldn't sell it. So he kind of went, fuck you, I'm just going to turn Instagram into Snapchat. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's clearly doing well. Like, I love Instagram. I think, yeah, yeah the user, like the user interface, you can find people, yeah, you can use it easily, um, it looks beautiful. Um, and they're adding all these amazing features, like I saw was Instagram live streaming from the States the other day, and like, that was quite engaging. I actually watched it for quite a while. Yeah, they're just. I think I think I'm absolutely going to nail them.
1: Don't you think though? Instagram is with the new functionality is really Snapchat for slightly older people. Yeah, I that's why we not, like it. I'm not. Yes, maybe. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> I and I go. So I'm trying to be polite. Slightly older people, because I suspect uh, the kids, so to speak. Yeah, excuse the jargon. Um, are still on Snapchat doing all the things they'll be used to because their network and their friends Do your your kids
3: use Instagram much?
1: They they use Snapchat and Instagram but they go Instagram stories is rubbish because everything's either good or rubbish and it's binary (laughs) (laughs) uh, So Instagram's great uh, for what it classically was but none of them seem to have shifted off Snapchat when Instagram stories and the extra functionality came on board though it's a bit like that's Snapchat for my dad. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's interesting, um, speaking to Jamie Lang about it, and he, he generally posts the same thing on Instagram Stories and Snapchat, so he does it on Snapchat first and pushes the same thing to Instagram Stories, and Snapchat gets three times as much engagement as he does on Instagram Stories. Really? For the exact same content, and he has more followers on Instagram
0: he does on Snapchat, so I think that's, that's quite interesting.
3: More
1: engaging platform or more engaging audience, I guess. Yeah. Mm, that is really
0: interesting. I went to, we went to, Summer in the City, and I saw a talk with several YouTubers about Snapchat, and the sense I got from them is that they weren't, none of them were quite sure what to do with it. They all saw it as a more genuine, they see YouTube as the kind of polished version of themselves yeah. and Snapchat as the more authentic thing, so they were less willing to do advertisements on there. but. The sense for it, they, none of them are quite sure how to deal with it. I don't know if that's just YouTubers being humble and then behind the scenes, they know exactly what they're doing. Oh, I'm sure they do. But
1: Snapchat are trying hard with uh, the Discover platform, aren't they? To yeah, you know, they na- better enable that to get sort of premium publishers onto the platform. We've seen uh, quite a few launch this year, haven't we? In the, in the second half of it,
0: in fact, they are launching. Um,
3: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit
0: A Disney show, which will be three to five minutes long, that will be on after The Bachelor. Wow. So Snapchat. I thought they started off making a lot of their own content, didn't they? And I feel like they kind yeah, of... Yeah,
3: Snapchat had their own studios for a little yeah. while. And yeah. then the realised it didn't work. Yeah, It was too expensive. But I heard this morning that they're, they're, they reckon they're going to be a billion dollar advertising in company by the end of next year, yeah. which is pretty impressive.
1: It's not going away then, is it? Like, it no, it is not. Really?
3: Have you guys seen the Snapchat spectacles that came out? Uh, you oh. showed me them yesterday Yeah. <laughs> no, explain them. They're basically, there's a pair of sunglasses and they have like a tiny little camera, a bit like Google Glass, but it doesn't look as stupid. Um, and it's got a little button you can just live capture stuff and it'll, it'll push it straight to your snapchat. Um, yes, yeah, so it's becoming huge in the States. So these little vending machines that look like um, Minions out of um, by, um, Despicable Me. Yeah. And people are queuing up around the block to buy these things. And it's incredible.
0: I think it's really, it's think really cool. It's a bit Black Mirror though, isn't it? It's is a bit Black Mirror. That you could just be recording up there. But what's quite nice is that it has a little light
3: on it. So, no, so you know if someone's recording. Right. Which kind of gets away from
0: the It'd be irritating, a thing, I guess. If, if someone was wearing these glasses around me, I'd never feel
1: comfortable. <laughs> 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 I could wear them on my bicycle to cap, you know capture someone knocking me off my bike, yeah, or whatever could I like. i s- just being uh, lateral thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you see the transport minister knock someone off their bike the other day. No. He was in a taxi, and he opened his car door and knocked a cyclist off. Amazing. It's the transport minister, the irony is... <laughs> well, <laughs> That's not the thick of its story. Crazy. Yeah, uh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. think
1: it's also in the context that he's a bit anti-cycle lanes. Yes, well. yeah. And actually, the cycle lane there was a cycle lane that just began, just passed, where he knocked off the cyclist. Yeah, And it's in that context, not only did he knock someone off, but he's a little bit anti-cycle lanes. <laughs> it's the perfect story, isn't it? It is the perfect is the story. story, perfect story. <laughs> <laughs> and what was quite interesting, that the guy who took the video, who was behind, only released the video, because uh, the minister was on telly, yeah. talking about not being a big fan of cycle lanes. So he decided he would, It has come up by uh, releasing the video, I think, to Cycle Weekly or one of the Cycle magazines. So it's quite an interesting story behind it as well. Yeah,
0: those are those videos apparently of Donald Trump saying. Assuming it's true,
1: the story, because in this day and age there's lots of. Stories Which leads us oh, yeah.
0: on nicely to fake news. Oh, beautifully set up. Yeah, love it. Gorgeous. Really the segue. This is, why you, this is why you do panels so yeah, often. love <laughs> 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 beautifully leading it on. <laughs> the rise of fake news. Some people have attributed the rise of fake news to potentially electing Trump. And apparently he tweeted out a few things that were fake news sites. That's this not... I feel like it's become a headline recently, but is it more prominent now than before? There's an amazing
3: story in the elections. The um, fake news article came out that the Pope had endorsed Donald Trump. Yes. And had like a million likes on Facebook. Wow. Which is extraordinary.
1: There's... I think the issue here isn't as much that there hasn't always been fake news. I think it's easier to manipulate now with social networks yeah. and... Uh, Google, you know, understanding Google search and stuff like that because a lot of the criticism in the publishing world is back now onto Google to manage how these fake news stories get ranked in the Google algorithm because yes. I know I, I've read a quite a few articles recently about, you know, the Holocaust and the Second World War and right-wing mm. groups trying to blanket out. Yeah, you know, I'm not au okay fait with all the bits and pieces of how Google works, but there's lots of pressure back onto, I guess, Google and the social networks to try and manage this. Uh, And it seems to have come up prominence through the election, US election in in particular, maybe Brexit and everything. But the thing that seems strange, when it's reported, it it always seems to be right-wing media that does fake news. And I'm not sure... That's probably true. I don't know. I'm sure it goes both ways. Well, Well, I
3: think I think the right wing's always slightly more
0: extreme. That's why it gets reported. It's
3: more inflammatory, maybe the right Mm
0: -hmm. wing stuff. But like, so Facebook are going to tackle this, and the way they're doing it is they're like five companies has offered this service for free, where they'll basically look at every news story, and then there'll be a little disclaimer saying two of the five companies we've hired to look into this dispute the facts. So there'll be a little headline between each one. Um, but the controversy is, is that they're all quite left leaning companies. Yeah. So presumably they've got a little bit of an agenda, regardless of if you agree with it or not. And this I think this comes back to the big point of is is
3: Facebook a publishing platform or is it a tech platform? Like, because they they, yeah. to, they describe themselves as a tech platform. So they they used to go, well, you guys put the stuff out there, we're not gonna editorially control it. Whereas really they're the biggest publishing platform in the world. I think this is going to be quite a big discussion in 2017 as to what their responsibility as a company is.
1: But there's some similarities to Wikipedia here, aren't there, as well? Yeah. Because anyone can manipulate Wikipedia entries. and I know certainly from having kids at school, the teachers are always a bit nervous about using Wikipedia as your sole research source for the same reason. But Wikipedia would probably go that its network of... Verif- verifiers or administrators or whatever, there's enough of them to correct the stories back into what they should be. But it, it does make me a bit worried that manipulation can rewrite history, which yeah. seems a very sad thing to do. That Holocaust reference I gave earlier is a bit like, if someone can rewrite history to take that out of history, what sort of world are we living in? Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, quite frightening yeah, in that sense, isn't it? That uh, history can be changed depending on the leaning of the government or, you know, people who can manipulate the data. The yep.
0: History is the propaganda of the victors. So well, such a
1: yes. Churchill quote. Nice so, quote. Nice quote. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Probably a um, bit of Shakespeare later. Yeah, I'll try and think of one. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: uh, Facebook video has become huge this year. It's the, the story of, Live. of 2016, isn't it? It's the Facebook Facebook Live video. launched. Everyone loves it. Yeah, I think... It's
3: been a hell of a year for Facebook. I remember, like a couple of years ago, we're all sat here going, "Oh, Facebook's dying. No one's using it. Kids aren't using it." And all of a sudden, it's become this ginormous media platform. Mm. Um, it's a shame they've misreported their viewing figures three times in the last year, but um, is that deliberate?
0: Do you think, or up- I don't know, like kind mm, of um, oversights? A bit of both, maybe.
1: Yeah, I, it's just fact now. They. Misdone it? How? Or how or why that's happened? It's irrelevant. Is yeah. slightly irrelevant now. It's, yeah. The trust of the metrics will take a while to come back, but I think we all have found out that the video, uh, video and live video on Facebook in particular has been a great way to um, post and get engagement. Yeah. Whilst you know written and pictures, we were having to pay a lot of money to boost boost posts and the video cuts through and live cuts through and it's the new way of uh, growing organic audiences on Facebook. Yeah, and the
3: thing I love about Facebook video from like, our point of view from publishing is that you can put a video out there, put a bit of spend behind it, it appears in people's feeds, um, but, you still, but you get the views, but it's a much nicer way of doing it on YouTube where if you pay for advertising, it appears as pre-roll and just annoys people. Yeah, I think the way that Facebook have done it and getting your, you, you getting your content in front of relevant people to watch it... Um, I think that's the power they have, especially from our point of view, I think.
1: Because of the newsfeed, yeah. not having a, a newsfeed on YouTube in yeah, the same way. Exactly, yeah.
3: and,
1: it, and it's more social, isn't it? Facebook's yeah. always been more social than YouTube has, so the shareability and the commenting and liking just is more inherently social. You yeah. can do similar things on YouTube, but without the newsfeed, it, 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 it's harder to propagate yeah. that content.
0: Absolutely. The last thing we're going to talk about is YouTube. Uh, our beloved YouTube. Our beloved YouTube. Did YouTube red launch this year, was it? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. In the US. Yeah in the US. Yeah. YouTube, you're saying yesterday, Tom, is in a bit of a weird place. I yeah, think. I think so. I think I think I have a few
3: battles over the next year. I think yeah, a lot of big YouTubers are whinging about their subscriber numbers going down, people aren't finding their videos. Um, it's not necessarily growing the same rate as everyone else's. Mm. I th- I think they've got to find their place a little bit more maybe next year and as, we, as Peter said, I think the big problem with YouTube is you watch content. And you don't, it's not a social platform. So if you're going to share that piece of content, you have to go off-platform to share it with someone. Yeah. Um, I think that's the big thing they're going to try and solve this year is you, know, you, you can start to see the big YouTubers have got the community tab now so they can post other stuff on their channel that isn't necessarily a big video and they can talk to the community more. And I think if YouTube solved that and solved the ability to be able to talk more on-platform with people... Um, I think that will maybe be a good good move for them. Also, I think live as well. We've been messing around with the mobile live app a bit. Yeah. Um, on Jamie Lang's channel, and that's I think that's hugely powerful. The fact you can broadcast live and talk to a community from anywhere in the world yeah. and into a channel.
1: But YouTube, at the end of the day, is probably the most mature of the platforms. Yeah. Particularly commercialisation for the creators. Yeah. You know, we hear you know, rumors about Facebook launching a more Commercial driven video product next year. It's in beta at the moment, but it's been on YouTube for years and years and years. And actually, the really rich creators are still on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. You can read how much PewDiePie made in these accounts. Yes, It's not insignificant, isn't it? And it's a mature platform, maybe, which is why it's not growing so quickly. Yeah. But it was also built not to be social necessarily. Yeah. It was a video hub. And they do need to catch up quickly with Facebook and some of the others. but do it their way. Yeah, I think absolutely. it's got to be done their way rather absolutely. than trying to be someone else. So I think uh, huge momentum obviously. And the l- nice part of it compared to the other social platforms is its um, longevity of the content. Yeah. The content stays yeah. up there and you can search and find it whilst it's much harder on the other social platforms to find slightly older content.
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We, did a few things for a sport bible and i was trying to find those videos we did in the summer the other day so hard yeah it's on impossible facebook. yeah, yeah it's so facebook. hard yeah because it just gets lost because yeah. they put out 20 videos a day yeah, yeah i think
3: that's, that's like where facebook is going to struggle and especially the ads i can't quite see how video ads are going to work on facebook because because of the way you engage in the content it's, it's usually like two or three seconds and then drop off so they can't do pre-roll because no one will get to the content. Yeah. And they can't do post-roll because people don't watch to the end of the video. So how, I don't quite get how Facebook are going to monetize that successfully, whereas YouTube obviously have found great ways of doing it.
1: Some of the stats I've heard show that they're getting similar net CPMs to YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with you. It seems um, counter to logic uh, yeah. of how that enough ads can get served if it's post-video. post, post video. yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, it comes along. You want, you know, creators to benefit commercially from absolutely, their yeah. work on these platforms, rather than just be marketing vehicles for other websites or other ways to commercialise. So, bring it on. I hope. Yeah, I think
0: creators on YouTube generally get a bit kind of get a bit of a rough end of the deal because it's like oh, they're just putting makeup on and getting stuff out of a bag. But they're recording it themselves, they're editing themselves, they put it out. They're self-made. They are creative. They work a lot harder than you're average TV presenter. All all the ones we know work seven days a week. Yeah, and they know what they're doing. They're very
1: savvy people. They're business people, they're marketing people, they're creative people. Exactly. All of those together, and that is a rare package. Mm.
0: Absolutely. Um, We're going to finish the podcast on, I read an article yesterday about Bill Gates, and in 1999, he made a series of predictions for the next 15 years. In there, he predicted price comparison sites, he predicted mobile devices, he predicted online banking, he predicted the internet of things, he predicted social media and a load of other things. So in the next year, what's going to happen? Come up with one prediction that is as good as those Bill Gates ones. <laughs> 2017. What's,
1: 2017. What's going to happen in 2017?
0: I mean, I'm looking forward to 2017, so there's not all those, oh, 2016's been a terrible year cause all that stuff that we did this year is going to happen I next year. There, is, a, there yeah.
1: are two ways of looking at it. It's what of the emerging technology will become more mainstream in 2017? I think the mm. Internet of Things yes. is definitely—it's already bubbling under. But you know, I'm playing with my Alexa, Amazon Echo, that can adjust things in my house, which is the yeah. very beginnings of me doing Internet of Things. I know I'm a slight early adopter in that, but. They're becoming easy to use, easy to buy, a lot of good utility, whether you're saving money on heating or just playing with lights going on and off. (laughs) Trying to annoy the wife. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. or seeing if Alexa will love you or not. But um, uh, I think the emergence of Internet of Things into the more mass market will be something that happens. To predict something that's brand new that's coming along. Uh, I will go, and I, I think it, I can probably do the probabilities. There will be a new social network launched in twenty seventeen. You heard it here first.
0: Okay, Tom. Not sure, please. I'm
3: not. I'm not going to be quite as bold as predicting a whole new thing. But I think, I think actually, I think the way brands produce content and the way brands use social media platforms, things are going to change. I think they can keep spending money at the same rate they're spending. Um, I think a lot of big influencers will start thinking about longevity a bit more and yeah. thinking, thinking beyond themselves as publishers and how can they change that, I think. I think that's my big prediction for next year.
1: Can I give a negative prediction as well? Of course you Just can, to yeah. Just be controversial. Yeah, unless it's, um,
0: you've sacked me in
1: time. I give a bit brutal. Yeah, yeah. My prediction be like The Apprentice. Yeah, yeah. One of us can stay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my prediction is the sort of industry that we're in fascination with virtual reality and 360 degrees will dissipate by this time next year. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of buzz that it's our future Sky put money into it. So I'm not out on a limb here because it could be you know the really big thing this time next year but I think it's a bit like a 3D TVs. Yeah, It's yeah. Sort of a bit techy, bit of buzzy. Fat. It's very niche. Very niche and actually do people really want to use it outside of games? You know I sort of go yeah, on the games console, the PlayStation yeah. Pro type thing, yep, immersive game experience. Do we really want that with our general entertainment? I think people
3: are intrinsically a little bit lazy, and they want to just be given something to watch. I think that's why live streaming is working so well because it's literally just here's a stream, and you can just sit and watch it, and stuff will happen. And
0: yeah, I kind of agree. I think 360 and VR is maybe a bit of a red herring. Maybe my prediction, and it's a bold one. I think it's not going to happen next year, but Netflix might start to come a little unstuck. You keep reading these stories about how they, huge growth, and now they're starting to plateau slightly. And because they've got all these investors, they're built, like, making the crown, and it's five million an episode and all of this. Is that sustainable? <laughs> Can they keep doing that? Are they? It's, yeah. a good,
1: it's a good debate about Netflix because they are, have been quite dominant. Yeah. And obviously are investing lots of money in acquisition and the originals, and they're stated that they're going to do more and more originals. Yeah. Amazon are on the outside rail here with them, and you sort of go, the big broadcasters aren't going to give up on OTT. So no. their competition, and I've been looking a bit closer at Sky recently in terms of now and Sky Cinema, Sky Sports, and they've got a great product actually Yeah, in there. And but Sky aren't seen as the sort of new thing like a Netflix. So I I feel it's a big year for them, 2017. Yeah. They could be bought and very expensive, but someone could come in and buy them. Yeah. Or they could motor on. But I'm with you. I think there's a good chance there's a banana skin in 2017 for them. Yeah. I
3: think the difference between them and Amazon is for Amazon the video is a mechanic to get people to buy Prime and buy more products. So yeah. The slightly different. The yes. Two of them, I the guess.
1: economics are different on there. Yeah. I think Amazon product will continue to get better. I think this year Amazon video has come on leaps and bounds. Not Absolutely. just with the grand tour, yeah. but some of the series they've got on yeah. there are as good, I think, as Netflix. I watch more. Better. I more
0: on Amazon than on Netflix. I find yeah. Amazon a bit more a bit more difficult to negotiate. It's it's t- the apps are terrible. But
3: yeah. got and the navigation's on not so yeah. good
1: yeah. in comparison, but. Once you're in, I think the type of content I watch at least, is My favour Amazon at the moment over Netflix. I'm, I do watch a bit on Netflix but I've been thinking of stopping my subscription and focusing really? on Amazon and Sky Cinema. There yeah, you go. You heard it here first.
0: I heard it here oh. first. <laughs> yeah. uh, that sadly marks the end of this week's episode. Please subscribe, leave positive reviews and follow us on Twitter at MediaversePod and like us on Facebook. We'll be back next year. There's some exciting stuff planned for next year. Exciting stuff. We're tweaking the format a little bit. Peter Cowley, thank you very much.
1: It's a pleasure to be invited. It's a pleasure to have
0: you here. Tom Payne, thank you very much. I Pete. Cheers, bye.